What is up, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of our podcast. We hope you're ready. We hope you're excited because we're about to enter the danger zone. Yeah, buddy! I got to continue the tradition for Caleb. Yeah, we don't have Caleb for this episode either. Welcome back. It's great to have you guys back. Um, so today we're joined by a special guest, very special guest, Tony Bruns. What up, what up? Welcome, welcome. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, first of all, super pumped to be here on the Danger Zone. Honestly, guys, um, I'm impressed with the setup. I've, you know, podcasts are popping up like crazy. My friends got one. I kind of thought we'd be in a janitorial closet doing this uh, <laughs> like super low key, but uh, this is legit. So I'm going to try to step my game up a little bit for you boys. A um, little bit about me, Tony Bruns, um, love Jesus. I got a smoking hot wife. Can I say that on there? <laughs> I mean, sure. Three kids, <laughs> two daughters, uh, our son Jude just turned one. And I love everything sports except for uh, Indiana Wesleyan Wildcats okay. sports. So <laughs> that, that's me. Starting that's a little again. bit who I am. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. So um, let's just talk about like how we know Tony. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 get into that. Who who wants to address uh, that? I'll I'll go. I think we okay. also just say a little little bit about Tony. Tony is um, a role model in my life. He's a like youth pastor um, at our church. I've spent a lot of time with him. He's helped me grow my faith and my walk. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, Tony, you've definitely helped me, you know, grow spiritually, like in my own personal life. And I just really appreciate you for that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've known Tony since I was in like sixth grade and I'm now about to be a senior next fall. And, I feel like ever, all these years that I've spent with Tony and his family through youth group, I mean, they've definitely had a big impact on my life, seeing everything play out. So, yeah, I think it's good to have him on here. He's a very knowledgeable man about a lot of things, too, <laughs> and including sports. Especially sports. Especially sports. <laughs> nice. Well, that was sweet, guys. Now I feel like I'm going to cry before our episode. <laughs> all right, Sorry, so let's guys. just jump off that topic then. All yeah. right, you want to hit us with the topic of what we're talking about today, Tony? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about this thing, um, diseases of despair. And here we sit um, early May 2022, and we're seeing unprecedented numbers with an increase in anxiety, depression, especially among our youth. Um, there, there's a lot of things. I've talked to you boys on Thursday nights about this multiple times, but like when we when we look back and we reflect a couple of years ago, we knew that we were kind of headed in this direction. And I know uh, on last week's podcast, I think you guys were talking about social media and all those things, right? And, right. That, and, and a lot of the mental health professionals were kind of looking at this already and saying, hey, this is going to pose a problem, right? Because it creates this false illusion of connection. We might have a thousand friends on social media, but we really only have one or two buddies that we can call in the middle of the night when we need a friend. Mm -hmm. And then insert global pandemic on top of all that. And we just created disconnection upon disconnection. Sports teams were canceled. School concerts were canceled. We were all doing class at home alone. And it created this Petri dish of disaster mm -hmm. that we know as um, 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 disconnection, which leads to 
all these other mental health issues with social anxiety, depression. Um, we're seeing uh, self-harm at an all-time high, especially with our youth. So I just thought it was a good topic. I, I do want to be abundantly clear on the front end. I sell soap for a living. I'm not a mental health professional <laughs> None of by us any means, but I, I can tell you as, as trying to be raw and real that I've dealt with anxiety in my past. And um, I think I think that we just need to bring a light to this, a topic that's kind of been put on the back burner. I think uh, just for everybody who's listening, like what you said, none of us here are mental health professionals, but um, Tony has experienced some of this stuff in his own life, as he talked about. He's really passionate about mental health in general, but also the effect on the teenagers and the generation that's growing up. Right. Yeah. No and what? I oh. just said no doubt. Oh. <laughs> you cool kids don't say that anymore? <laughs> sure. It makes you feel younger. Yeah, we do say that still. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you genuinely struggle with something like this, um, we're going to put the the number to the suicide hotline in our description of our um, podcast. But if you don't want to go to the description, the number is um, 800-273-8255. Um, please, like if you're actually genuinely hurting and you have those kind of feelings, please let somebody know. Um, if you want to message us on my on our Instagram, DangerZone2022, um, we'll gladly have somebody talk you through what, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so let's let's just talk about like how this whole problem started, as Tony was saying, and like how it begot became so high in the span of however many years it's been. Like, what made this boom? Right. So Tony, do you have any points for us for how this thing just boomed out of nowhere? Like, yeah, I mean, I think when we look at back at this, and and you know we don't even know the full picture. I mean, we're looking at a problem that's building. Think of a snowball rolling down a hill and we're we're still kind of in the infant stages of it, but we can we can see this as a major problem that we're going to have to face um in the foreseeable future. And I think it started with, you know, um as Christians, we look at Genesis and and God was abundantly clear that hey, it's not good for man to be alone, right? That's in the beginning with Adam and he, you know and we've kind of created, like we've been able to fill that void artificially in the past through social media, right? Like we feel like we're connected and, and believe it or not, like the neuroscience behind it, like even just simply sending a text message versus picking up the phone and calling somebody, believe it or not, when I was growing up, I had to, I had a landline, like had to actually call somebody and be like, Hey dude, you want to go bowling on Friday night? Now we're just texting, but it's, yeah. it's like artificially filled in that, fill in that void. And as this continues to evolve and I, we get past like phone calls versus text messages. And then we start getting into like friend groups with social media and Facebook. And like I, I kind of alluded to in the intro, like we have thousands of friends on our Facebook, but we don't have re- any real connection. That's artificial, Right. And then on top of that, we dropped an atomic bomb in COVID-19 with the global pandemic, and the disconnection was just exploited even more. Um, the, the, the little connection that we had outside of social media was in person, at school, in a sports locker room, or at band practice, or at a play, whatever, whatever you're doing, 
I, I mean, we weren't even really allowed to leave our houses and go to your neighbor's house to play a video game, right? Like yeah. it, the disconnection was exploited. Um, and I think that's what's kind of created or at least exploited what we already knew was going to be a problem. We just supercharged it. Yeah. Uh, you got it, Jacob. Yeah. Um, what, what you were talking about um, in the Bible, it's very clear that we're supposed to be in community. As Christians, we're supposed to be in community. And the reason for that is when we're alone, um, when we're by ourselves, that's when, you know, for the devil, it's like easy picking for us to have uh, depression, thoughts of depression, thoughts of suicide, you know, these, these difficult things. And with COVID, it was hard because a lot of us became very, very isolated in our own homes, even within our own families. So that, that was a big hit to a lot of um, people, especially younger generation through COVID. I mean, all generations, but specifically like teenage, those important years. Mm-hmm, for sure. for, yeah, for sure. I feel like that with COVID, like, um, you know, it drew us apart, right? Because we were all separated from each other for however many months that lockdown was, right? Um, we were drawn apart and we couldn't really see each other. Like you guys were hitting on a second ago. And so when we were doing this, this just kind of brought us, brings us back to like the whole social media thing. So we were chasing this whole social media like push and all this, and we were trying to get all this and we're losing our like in contact relationships with people and our friends and everything. And we lose the, the thing that God created us to do, and that was our human connection. And as a human nature, we're supposed to be um, social and be able and like be in groups almost. And when that lockdown almost separated us, we didn't have that, and that caused a lot of problems for um, what's it called, like these mental illnesses. Yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that. Like, I feel like during the lockdown, we kind of figured out who our real friends, like our real raw and authentic friends, were kind of like through this whole separation um like i know i grew closer with you guys while we were like we we would play xbox or whatever um for hours for hours nothing else to do (laughs) (laughs) probably wasn't good for us but (laughs) yeah i mean no i think i think you guys were doing all the right things i mean to piggyback on what you said jake that the devil wants to put us in isolation a hundred percent right like because he knows that that's our life source here with Jesus and then here with our peers and our sphere of influence. And um, it'd be like saying, okay, let's cut water out of our life and figure out how fast we can run a mile in a week. It's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We cut out everything that kept us connected. Um, A lot of churches shut down. We're blessed to have life church that kind of, we push through. And we were like, hey, yeah, we need Jesus sure. now more than anything. But a lot of churches shut down. And we went to digital church, too. So yeah. they, he not only co- connected, disconnected us from our sphere of influence, he, he, he made a pretty valiant effort to try to disconnect us from our church community as well, which was a dangerous situation. For sure. Right. Um, something I want to talk about, there was an article uh, done. I'm going to look for the article. I don't have it at this moment. But it was talking about how I, th- I thought it was really interesting how some people during COVID that struggled with mental health before COVID, their mental health improved during COVID. And it was because they became closer with their family. They actually started spending time with their family. Um, and, and 
with that family, they really had that, that connection that they'd been looking for. Um, so even though we struggled through COVID, there was things we can come out of COVID that we learned. And one is that the family is very important to our lives and our mental health. And we need to remember that we can't just throw our family aside, that we need them too. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so yeah, I agree with that. But since you just mentioned the good things that COVID did for us, I'm going to hit us with a bad thing. So when we're locked down in our houses, I remember the first month it was almost like, or not even the first month, but there was times in the whole lockdown that they were like, going outside's bad, like you can get it through the air, right? Like, do you guys remember when that was going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, we had that problem, man. Just for an example, like we weren't getting that whatever isn't it vitamin C that you get from the sun or vitamin yeah, D? Vitamin D. Vitamin D, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all vitamin sun. D. Yeah, something like that. And vitamin D actually improves your like mental health. Like it helps you a lot. And so, for example, like in the winter in Alaska, um, at least third of the Alaskans um, suffer from like depression or mental health or mental illness because they're not getting that vitamin D and it's hard for them because that's such a big thing. So like, for example, like when we weren't going outside, we were missing that big vitamin D and it was causing problems. And that was probably another reason that mental illness got as bad as what it did during the time. Right. right. Yeah. In general, what I just said, I think COVID as a whole in general, for most people, mental health made it worse. But there are some things that even though, you know, we went through this hard hard battle through life that we can take out of this and have a lesson from it. And one is the, the family aspect that we need that family. We need to be connected with that family. Cause if you look in your family, most families, obviously some are dysfunctional, but a lot of families, there's that unconditional love that we, we as humans need. Right. And you can't find that with friends, like with social media. So I just want to make it clear that, even though we're out of COVID, we still need to remember we can't lose that connection with our families. That's good. That's good. Okay, do we think that um, mental illnesses come from, like, so do you think social media impacts mental illness in ways of we see people on um, social media, for example, that are having these mental illnesses. We see these mental illnesses that are kind of, like, almost broadcasted. Do we think that that has almost kind of like a it kind of almost targets mental illness because it kind of makes it known does that do more good or does it do more bad does that make kind of any sense like yeah having, yeah Hunter having does these kids, um, because then they start believing it they're like oh okay i'm going through this and i'm not saying that this is for all cases like don't get me wrong but i'm saying do we think that some cases start off with these kids having like an issue and they're like man i'm sad and this just sucks and then they just start then they like get hit with like these thoughts and they're like, man, I probably have like anxiety or depression and then blow it out of the water. And then it eventually gets blown out of the water and then they're actually depressed because they believe this and they put this like belief on themselves with that they were. And so they became like, do you think that that has any impact at all? I think it has a huge impact. And and I think you're onto something. I I think um, when we look back at, at the apostle Paul and, you know, we kind of like to put the disciples on a pedestal, but he, he didn't have an easy run at it. Uh, Paul, even though he wrote a lot of books in the Bible, had a tough life. And uh, he, he talks about anxiety a lot, but one of my favorite verses is he's talking about 
like cast all your anxieties on him. Beware, watch out, watch out, watch out. The enemy's roaring around like a lion. And I think that's a really key point to, to, to look at is he doesn't say he's roaming around as a lion. Like, can you imagine if we walked out of here after this podcast and there was a lion sitting outside in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. Dude, I'd sleep here. No chance. I'm like, Throw Hunter out his bed. Party's over. Like, <laughs> sorry, mom. Sorry, wife. I'm, I'm not going to make it back for dinner. Right? He, he tells us he's running around like a lion. And I think that's exactly what the problem is with social media is because the devil is very sneaky. And like a lion that's seeking to devour us, he's finding any hole that he can find into our mental um, capacity. And that happens very easily. And we know that God and the devil are opposing their opposites. Um, The Prince of Peace tells us that, like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But what happens when we get on social media? We look and be like, oh, man, that dude's got bigger biceps than me. Oh, man, that dude's Mustang's got cooler rims than mine do. You know, like... All it is, is 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 ways for the devil to get into our mind and say, you're not living up to it. Oh, man, I can't believe that dude took his kids to the zoo today. When I'm failing as a parent because all we did is went to the playground. I think, Hunter, what you were trying to allude to is this is just an avenue that the devil can use to get us further away from God and, and question ourselves, When the God's, the God's telling us, dude, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful. You're awesome. I love you. You're doing it right. But the devil's telling us, you're not doing it right because that guy's got a cooler car. Or you're not doing it right because that guy's going to that particular school. Or you're not doing it right because that guy's wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses. Are those still dope? Yeah, have, yeah, I have yeah. two pairs. Yeah. <laughs> and you're wearing the $5 pair from, but anyways, <laughs> usually these That's kids, me. I get a, here's a little insider baseball. I try to rant too much. So usually they squirt me with a water gun when I talk too, too much. So I'll let you guys go back. And no, it's all think. good. Um, I do have a question though for everybody in general. Um, so what, what do you think, Tony, I guess this is kind of directed towards you, I guess. What are some ways that, we we should deal with it if we're in, like in that stage of depression or anxiety. I wrote the like, same exact question. Had a boy. Um, what do you like? What should we do as, in that situation if we're that person? And what should we do as a person on the outside who has the per who has the person that's close to you who's kind of dealing with that depression and stuff? Like, what are some ways to almost um, give? Like, what are some things that you can have, like, such as, like, your community, God, family, or, like, activities? Because, like, extracurricular activities such as, like, sports teams or clubs that you join, I mean, those are good, like, help for people. So, like, what are some examples or ways that you can help deal with this? Yeah, I want to take this question and stretch it a little bit. Um, With So, before I say this, I just want to make it clear. If you are suffering from mental health right now, whether it be anxiety, depression, I am not telling you you should get off your medication, all right? If you're taking medication for that, the doctors told you you need it, I am by no means telling you you should get off it because I'm not a medical professional. But what what I've seen in, I haven't personally taken uh, medication for my mental health, but I have had friends who did, who I was close with. And something... Excuse me. Something I saw them struggle with 
was they got on this medication and they saw this medication as a as the answer to the problem. And the problem is that the medication is like um Tony was talking about this before we were, got into the podcast when we were writing down these notes. He he was like it's it's just like a a crutch, right? This the crutch is going to help you through if you broke your ankle, it's going to help you recover so you can take some pressure off of it, but it's not the answer to the problem, okay? The answer to the problem is finding your identity, this is what I believe, is finding your identity in Christ and building a community around you that will help uplift you and point to God, right? So we have to stop using medication as, quote-unquote, the answer because it's not going to fix the problem. Okay, but like you said, like it's almost like that crutch, right? I feel like the crutch is, you know, like the crutch is still important because we, when you, you know, you break, like you said, you break your ankle. Um, we use that crutch to get better, but it does. I mean, it it speeds up the recovery process because yeah. if you didn't have that crutch, then you would just be walking on a broken ankle, right? Yeah, like no, you need that crutch. So I think you're what you're saying is good, but I just kind of want to elaborate elaborate on that. Like that's how like. I think all four of us are looking at it and make sure that we're not telling everyone that the meds aren't important. Yeah, I'm, I'm want to make it clear if you're on medication right now because the doctors told you to be on medication, I am by no means telling you you should get off your medication. That medication is there to help you, all right? It's not to hurt you, and I'm saying it's good or bad, all right? What I do want to say is that medication is not, my personal belief, it's not going to fix the answer or fix the problem. It's not the answer, all right? It's going to be that crutch. It's going to be able to help you get through it. It's going to help you recover from it. But it's not the answer. Nice. Um, well, we covered a lot. So I'm, I'm going to try to try to go back a little bit. And then Hunter and Jake, I want to get to that point what, that we're getting to. But I think the first problem that we have here is, one, we have this social stigma with mental health. And to piggyback on the broken leg thing, if I had a broken leg, and I came in and said, hey, guys, sorry, I can't participate in the game this week at church because I have a broken leg, you'd be like, no problem, we get it. However, if I came to you and said, you know what, the devil's attacking me and my mental health, I'm just, I, I can't show up this week for you, that carries a whole different stigma yeah. than a broken leg. So I think the first thing that we have to identify here is if you have a problem we have resources now. And this is where this gets scary to me because here in 2022, from a pharmaceutical standpoint, to, to piggyback on your, your initial answer, we are better than we've ever been in the human race at treating this condition we call mental illness. Better than anybody that's ever walked this planet. Yet, our depression, anxiety, mental health issues are at an all-time high, Un precedented high. So what does that mean? Just like you were saying, you're right on it. We, there, is, there is multiple components to this thing. And I think we touched that in the beginning segment is we got to have connection, connection, connection. And it starts with your family in the house. And then it goes from there, it bleeds into your peer group. And I would argue that you have to have multiple groups of connection. It's not just your friends at school. It's not just your baseball team. And it's not just your home. Because if one of those crumbles, your whole sphere of influence, your group of connection is gone. If you have multiple, 
People are going to fail you from time to time. That's just part of being in life. If you have multiple groups that you can rely on, it's a safety net. The second thing as we go from there is like, okay, think about it like this. Um, And I'm going to steal this, and we could probably put this in the podcast notes. Sorry, I'm going to throw you a curveball, but there's an awesome Christian mental health therapist that I'm a big fan of. His name's Dr. John Deloney, and um, he – paints this picture like this. Think about anxiety as like a fire alarm, right? So if the fire alarm started going off in this awesome building where we're filming this podcast and all we did was just turn off the fire alarm, which essentially the comparison he's making is using medication, whether or not that's pharmaceutical or nubbing agents. Like here's another thing. Like if you don't go the pharmaceutical route, there's a lot of ways to numb anxiety and depression that are very unhealthy. Drugs, it could, alcohol. Drugs, alcohol, disconnection, um, it, it, and we could go on and on. But if we just turn off the fire alarm but don't address the fire, what's going to happen to this building? It's going to burn down. It's going to burn down. And that's exactly what's happening with our mental health right now is we're doing everything that we can to find comfort, whether or not it's – turning on another Netflix show, um, whether or not it's going to an online gaming community, whether or not, I hope it's not drugs or alcohol because that doesn't lead anywhere good or pharmaceuticals. The fact is, is in addition to um, getting, getting your biochemistry right, or that's a, that's not it. What is that? (laughs) Your brain, the biochemistry, your brain. Sure. We'll we'll roll with it. Yeah, we'll roll with it. (laughs) It's just if you get that right, basically you're numbing the alarm. You're just turning off the fire alarm. You still have to go to work. We're all athletes here, and it'd be no different than if I wanted to get better at sports and I just took steroids, but I never actually did the work to get stronger. I'm not going to get stronger. In the same way with our mental health, like we might get to a point where we need pharmaceuticals, but we also still have to put in the work. Yeah. That's not saying we don't support steroids. We don't. No, 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 no. We're not supporting steroids <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But it's it's similar. It's just an analogy okay, you yeah. try to make. Yeah. So we, you know, you touched on the whole like using the whole drugs and alcohol, and you know, you just kind of touched on it. But I have a question about that. Like, do we think that when you decide to use those to numb your pain, almost does that make it worse? Like, does it cause? Because you know, we see you someone just be like man i'm just gonna go like numb the pain and so i'm gonna go drink or smoke weed or something like that like does that make your problems much worse than what they were yeah once again i'll let you go real quick but there is scientific proof and like i said i sell shampoo for a living so i'm not a professional (laughs) i believe it's called the rebound effect and especially some of these numbing agents whether or not it's alcohol or whatever substance of choice that somebody chooses to use it, it numbs that anxiety in that moment, but when it comes back, it's actually coming back worse. So you start here, numb, end up here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know you guys are on podcast. Yeah. You can't you can't see me. <laughs> I'm going higher, and then and then you, what do you have to do? You numb again, mm-hmm. and then you get mm-hmm. higher, and then you numb again, and then we, we become in this vicious circle, and it gets out of control real quick. Something mm-hmm. uh, that I like to use to demonstrate it 
So if you're preparing for a big test, like we got finals coming up. Well, I don't because I'm a senior, so haha. But we saw finals. I don't either. Ben has got. I'm a senior. Ben. I still have like two more weeks. I still have finals. This sucks. Ben has got finals coming up, right? Now he could start studying a little bit. I'm not going to facing. Well, there we go. And <laughs> facing the problem now, okay? Or he can push it off and push it off and push it off. And the closer that he gets to this big test or project or whatever it is. He's going to feel more stress and anxiety, more stress and anxiety, more stress and anxiety. And I think with this numbing agent, it's just like us. We're not dealing with the problem. We're pushing it off because we don't want to face the issue. Because, Tony, kind of what you were saying, in order for us to improve, just like anything else, physical or mental, we have to be a little discomfortable, right? We're going to have to face the issue in order to get to a better place can't keep pushing it off and using these numbing effects to turn the fire alarm off we got to actually face those issues right right so i'm is discomfortable a word it's uncomfortable uncomfortable sorry, I'm I, was sorry. Just, I was trying to process that <laughs> i was <laughs> overall with it i was gonna let it ride but no and, and we've created this environment as our society i mean when we look at it i i, I laugh my car automatically turns on the windshield wipers because apparently it was too uncomfortable for somebody to just turn their windshield wipers on when it starts raining. Like mm-hmm. all of this is we've been creating this culture, culture, culture that's all about comfort. And we don't know how to be uncomfortable anymore. If you went to the gym and worked out and never got sore, do you think you'd get any stronger? No, not no. at all. Not at, <laughs> not all. at all. Not at all. If you went to run in the first second, you were like, yeah, I'm feeling a little tired. Do you think you'd ever get faster? No, but for whatever reason, when we apply this to other component or other areas of our life, it feels like we're, we're just like, oh no, that doesn't feel comfortable. Let me just numb the pain and watch another Netflix episode and maybe tomorrow will be better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, procrastination is a big um negative impact on people who are dealing with depression and anxiety and stuff like that because they they don't want to address it in the situation and then like jacob said or like both of you said it gets worse and worse it's like kicking the can down the road you know like not wanting to deal with it at that time so you just keep pushing it and pushing it down farther Mm -hmm. down the road you know for sure all right um i mean so this is such a hard question to ask but the people who are, because it's kind of piggybacking my last one, but it's hard to like, I don't know. But the people who are using these drugs and their these this alcohol to numb the pain, like, what is, why did they choose, like, why did they just go to that? Like, is that because that's like comfortable? Like, I don't know if you even have an answer for that, but like, what what are you thinking that why that's where they go? Yeah, I mean, because it works. Mm-hmm. They go there because it works. It works until it doesn't. Fix. It, it works until it becomes a real big problem. They right, kind of see right. it as like an easy way out of. Works. I'm not. I'm in, not condoning know? it. Please don't. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying, but it does silence the alarms. If we go back to the analogy with yeah. the fire, mm-hmm. it, it it numbs them. Yeah. And then they wake up, and then they'll figure tomorrow out tomorrow when it shows yeah. up, and it goes. It kind of connects and parallels with the addiction to comfort that we mm-hmm. have. We don't like being uncomfortable. Right. So just real quick, I just want to tell you all that discomfortable is a word. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. Thanks, Jacob. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, you called me out, so I just had to get no, you No, it just it didn't sound right when you first said I'm, it. So I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry. I think, <laughs> I think you should have been using uncomfortable, but I'm not saying that discomfortable yeah. isn't a word. All right. Either way, <laughs> back to the discussion. I don't even know where we're at now. Um, You're talking about drugs and alcohol. Yeah. As humans, our human nature, I think it is easy, or we want to take the easiest route, right? Because we love that comfort. We don't want to get stretched outside of our comfort zone, right? And going to, um, going to drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be, even like mental health drugs, kind of like what we were saying, I'm saying that those are good, but just using those to get by, not actually facing the problem, um, is just, I think, a human nature that we've come to and it's something that we need to change yeah okay so with this whole like drugs and alcohol you know we just like i said after i'm just building these questions on top of each other um so you know we go to those we go to the drugs and the alcohol okay instead of going to the drugs and the alcohol how can we inside of the moment instead of using drugs and alcohol look towards god instead of that does that make sense I think prayer is probably the biggest aspect. I mean, it's it's one of the things, like the biggest things that connect you with God is because you're actually having a conversation with them. Um, I mean, like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So, I mean, it, it's it's telling us whatever we have, like whatever burdens we have, like depression, anxiety, if we just give that to him, I think we just have to learn that we can give it up to him. We have to learn that what we have isn't our burden to carry. He's He died on the cross so he can carry it for us. Yeah, for sure. And I think not only prayer, but we need to be in his word too. Um, we're supposed to go to his word for wisdom, right? Um, and God will speak to us through his word. So, Yes, prayer is very important, and the word is very important, but I think we need to do both, and that that is a way for us to, you know, get guidance and wisdom on how to defeat this mental health battle in our own lives. Right, right. If, if we're searching peace here, which is the opposite of anxiety and depression, I think to sum up what both of you guys said— is priority number one needs to be pursued daily, the Prince of Peace. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, we know where the answers are, and we can listen to either the devil or we can follow the Prince of Peace, whether or not that's through prayer, meditation, fasting, whether or not that's through reading Scripture. I think that's P1. Right. And yeah. I, um, from personal experience, it's hard to get that connection, like, have that spark in your brain, like, I need to give this all up to God. Like, that's the best solution for this. It, it takes a lot of effort, but when you get in that point, like, your whole world just flips. It's it's just like a thing that you have to kind of just absorb and right. kind of learn from. Yeah. Right. Uh, something, so I go to Heritage Christian, and we have uh, weekly chapels there, and our principal spoke this week, and something he said really stuck out to me, and it applies to mental health, but it applies to just our day, daily lives. He was talking about our relationship with Christ as Christians, and it can't only be a relationship. You have to be in unity 
with Christ. He was talking about him and his wife and how without his wife, he'd like have no point. He wouldn't be here. Him and his wife are one. And that's what we're supposed to marriage is a gift from God that we're supposed to be able to connect our relationship, the church with God. Right? So we have to realize that we are one with him and without him, we're not able to function. And that that's not only can be applied to mental health, but it's a, it's, it's, it's just in our daily lives, everything we go through, we have to realize that it's not just this relationship we have with Jesus. It's a unity with Jesus, and we can't live without him. Right. Okay. Um, I have another question. Okay. So another big problem with nowadays is I watch other podcasts. I don't just watch our own. Yeah. Um, listen. <laughs> listen to our own, yeah. Um, and I watch this guy, listen to this guy named uh, Granger Smith. He has a really great podcast out there. And he does this thing where people will just email questions into the podcast and he'll try to like not he'll try to answer them as best as he can through a Christian aspect. And um, a lot of the questions that he's been getting asked in the past 20 episodes have all been from like people that are like my age up to their early 30s. And they're all asking the same question. Like, it's all about love, like when you have this one person in your life and then you think that that's the person for you and then that's not like, and that crushes you, right? Then you're, you're like, who can't I trust? And then it eventually leads into this whole idea of like depression and anxiety or like any men- like mental health illness. So like, how do we, I guess in moments like that where we're at the bottom of the lowest of the lows and how do we, turn towards God when we don't see the way out of the bottom of the hole that we're in. So that's a really deep question. Can you I guess. summarize that yeah, real quick like, and try and, it was just a lot. Could you just, yeah, so, yeah. so you're at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, you're at the bottom of the, you're, okay, so here's the thing. So say you're, you're at the bottom of this hole, it's a 20 foot hole and you're at the bottom and there's no getting out, there's no ladder, there's no nothing and you're just hurt and the only way like can get out as God, but you don't know how, like for the people, even for the people who like aren't Christians, right? Like they're struggling because they don't, um, they don't know God, right? Like how do they come to like find God in those moments almost, or or even for Christians too? How do you find God? I mean, I think that's where we come into place. We have to be that light that guides them to find that relationship with Christ. And for the fellow believers, we have to be the ones that are helping like guide them out of that pit. That makes any sense. Right, right. And I would say to anybody that's listening that kind of might feel like they're in that pit right now, we have resources, not just the church. Life Church will wrap their arms around you and we can get you plugged in with the right person. Our community, Hamilton County, whatever community you're in, has resources available. But that's only available if we know that you need it. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, you gotta like, you, you, you gotta get out of that turtle shell, and let somebody know that loves you, mm-hmm. and we can get you connected, and we can get you the right help. Um, but yeah. we only know that if you let us know, and that's the hard. That's the, one of the toughest yeah. hurdles of any challenge that we face in life, whether or not it's mental health, whether or not you're having going through a rough season, is being vulnerable we call it at student life we're all real and authentic mm-hmm. and letting your brothers know or sisters 
I'm struggling right yeah. now, and yeah. we'll get you plugged in. I feel like accepting the fact that you're going through something is so important because you can just be like going through your day-to-day life and just be like, yeah, and like keep pushing it down and pushing it down and just be like, I'm okay. Like I don't need anything. And then that one night when it all comes crashing in, like then it just hits you so hard. Right. So I feel like instead of pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down, we need to be more open as humans and, like, let people know. Like, I feel like it's more important to walk through life with someone who cares about you than someone who doesn't. And the people that you're walking through life with that care about you don't want to see you hurt like you are, and they want you to f- be good. Like, they don't want you to feel the way you're feeling. I, I think that's the real importance with community. Um, You know, the whole iron sharpens iron. Yep need a community of people around you who really care, who you can trust to go with your issues. And a lot of times that's hard to find. I'm not. You may be in a stage in life right now where you're going to be honest, the people that you're hanging around, your community really isn't, you know, you know that those people aren't pointing you in the right direction. Um, and I, I urge you to try and find some, a community who can. And we, we, as humans, we need that kind of community to help us, especially when we're in rough times. We kind of talked a little bit that early about COVID, how a problem with COVID is people became disconnected and lost that community and how others found it in their families, and that really helped them. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make a point real quick. I think that one of the biggest things that you can do with your friend group is reach out to them and make sure that they're doing okay. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me when I was going through this kind of stage of like anxiety, depression, it was the fact that I didn't want to reach out to people and because I felt like my problems were a burden to them. So I think that if we do that check-in with our friends, making sure that we're keeping them, you know, on the straight and narrow, you know, I think that's one of the most important things we can do as fellow believers and as brothers in Christ. Right. Right. And you, you have to have that kind of relationship, you know, like we kind of started the segment off is our culture ha- has separated this mental illness thing as kind of like taboo and frowned upon. But we're starting to see more and more celebrities, even athletes that are coming out. I mean, we just saw it with Simone Biles in the in the Olympics. Uh, Michael Phelps has been open about his anxiety and depression. I mean, we, I know you like uh, UFC, Hunter, so uh, Ronda, what's it, Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. dealt with mental health. I mean, we can mm-hmm. go on and on and on about, hey, look, you're not alone. We're all in this together. We can look statistically, mm-hmm. four out of ten are dealing with some form of a mental health issue. So mm-hmm. we've got about ten of us in here. Do the math, right? So we just got to get rid of that stigma which is going to make that hurdle a little bit shorter to jump over because it is hard to go to your friends and be like, hey, dude, I am struggling. But that's where it starts, and that's where it's got to start. And from there, I'm not saying the road's easy, but half the battle is taking that step. I had a friend that was training for the marathon, and I'll let you talk, that he he used to tell me, I'm not a runner, dude. I'm a meathead. I'd, I'd rather throw weights around than go run 10 miles. I never found joy in that. So true. He loved running. And I go, how do you get up every morning and run as much as you do? He goes, Tony, the hardest part of my run is getting from my bed to the front door. It's not the run. 
it's getting to the front door and it's similar to mental health. The hardest part is getting from that, those depths that you were talking about, Hunter, mm -hmm. to the front door, which could be your friends, which could be your church, which Reaching could be out. a mental health professional. Go ahead. Um, so real quick, what we were talking about community. Um, I want to go to the Bible and look at how in the New Testament, Jesus and his disciples, I'm not saying these people were perfect. They all had their issues. Um, but those 12 disciples really were a brotherhood, right? And I think they could really go to each other. They really trusted each other. Obviously, you know, Judas had his issues and betrayed them, but <laughs> they really, they were there to benefit each other and be there as a community for each other. And we need to find our own lives, a community where people we can go and trust. I'm not saying those people are gonna, those people are definitely going to fall short. That's 100% it's human condition. That's why they need to point us to God because he never will fall short. But we need to have that community around us to help us through things. Yeah, and the thing is, is would you rather fight a war by yourself or would you rather fight it with an army? And that's kind of the way you need to look at like this whole mental illness thing is it's not just one thing, right? It's not just one thing that's attacking you. It's multiple on multiple different fronts, and you as alone cannot do it by yourself. Dude, it brings up a good point. Do you remember the I'm, – I'm going to botch the story because it's not in my notes, but <laughs> do you remember the crazy guy that was demon-possessed? He was dealing with, like, all sorts of mental health issues. I think yeah. it's in Mark. Uh -huh. You remember yep. the story? Yeah. Yep. Spoiler pigs. alert, he throws it in the pigs. Yeah. Yep. But like, if you think about that, like, it's not always just one thing. It, it was yeah. 200 plus pigs there were, that, that it, it went into. Well, there was like, a legion of demons. Oh, a legion dude, just of demons boom, and then, a ton of them, right? So we're all facing our battles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might be not just be that girlfriend that breaks up with you that sends you into a mental health yeah. crisis. It might not be getting knocked out of the state wrestling tournament that knocks you into that. It's all of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the best way as non-health professionals that we can help and as Christians that we can help this mental health thing is that, you know, you can't do it alone. Right. Like you have to have your core group and your family and, Anyone that's there that supports you or loves you, you know, to stay plugged in and stay fighting for what you feel you need. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you feel like you don't have those kind of people to reach out to and stuff, like, just message us on Instagram. Like, we need more friends, you know? Like, we, we love friends. Student life, Thursday <laughs> night at 630. Come join us. Yeah. We'll, we'll make some Always friends. Always plug. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up right there. Tony, thank you again for joining us. We yeah, really man. appreciate it. I love you guys. I, it's an honor to be here. This was fun. Yeah. Anybody have anything else to say before we close it? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to like look at you. No, just, you're like, good. Say that you have to do uh, that. After, when you're done listening to this, get in the word and prayer and, and pray for guidance and wisdom. Um because I really do think that's going to help you. That's helped me personally. I can't attest for anybody else, but I'm sure it's helped them too. Yeah. Uh, one of the books of the Bible that helped me the most was probably Philippians. Because it just, it's just a, a book that just talks about encouragement and kind of strength and what God gives you to like keep yeah. going, I guess. Sure. You know? Get to know Paul. Yeah. Get to know Paul. For sure. For sure. If you're struggling <laughs> with this, it's a great place to start. Yeah. It's a good one. 
All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you follow, download, subscribe, all the stuff that you have to do. Um, again, we're going to leave the suicide hotline number in our, um, in our bio. We're going to leave our Instagram information, all that stuff in our bio. If you need help, please let it be known. Um, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. It's official. You have left the danger zone.